G'day punters, welcome back to another edition of All In. I think we're back for our fourth or fifth season, could be our third, not quite sure, but uh, let's get straight into it. Uh, without further ado, Lewis Willoughby from Sky Racing, how are you mate? Yes, good Gano, good Dino. Uh, back to earth we are, it feels like home to be back recording with you guys on a Monday morning talking about uh, fields that are only just released and speculating on who will be winning the next Group 1 coming up this weekend. Spring is in the air, it kind of was on Saturday, but they're probably more at the trials than they are at the races. But then you start to look uh, through the horses appearing this weekend and you go, okay, yep, we're back. And uh, it's going to be a great one. Hopefully, I think the last few seasons for pretty hot on the tip. So hopefully we can keep that going here with week one of the spring. What a segue, Louis. Speaking of hot on the tip, there is no man in better form than Dean Watling. He is uh, dominated Gilgandra all into Rose Hill on Saturday. <laughs> Two Saturdays in a row. He's absolutely dominating proceedings. DeanWaltling.com, how are you? Morning, boys. Uh, yes, it's good to be back. It's good to be tipping a couple of winners, but you've got to introduce Louis from Sky Thoroughbred Central now. Congrats, Louis. Made the debut in the off-season. So big props to you, man. Gunner, I'm still off a bit trying to trying to find our way in the industry while you're just leading the way. And, you know, hey, we'll I mean, everyone's we'll right. I'm, I'm still waiting for the 5% cut, Dan. Have you got yours yeah. yet? <laughs> nah, nah, we'll be waiting a while, I think, from Louis. But now nah, it's good to be back, boys. Like Louis mentioned, the trials been uh, turning up of late. They've been the goods. But um, this weekend, we see stacks of races we'll touch on. The Wing Stakes, first group one's back. We've got the Vane, the Quisette, I think the Toy Show, Show County potentially, and we've got the PB Lawrence. So it's heating up and it's keen to dissect into it. Outstanding. Hopefully, we can find a few winners. We will be gambling uh, responsibly. Naturally, lads, and we're going to kick off here. I've got a couple of uh, topics for a round table as we uh, kick off the spring. The future of racing will be the first topic. Now, why I bring this up, really simple. There's been a lot of talk, and Jake, it's fantastic, Jake. You guys catch Jake? What's he, he's got one of those um, websites that, I don't know what you call it. It's a combat or something like that. It's fantastic. Initiative. But he, he put up a... Um, he put up a post on social media. It was just brilliant. And basically says that um, betting on horses has become the, uh, the, the cigarette um, of the, of the late um, 2000s. It was 2020 or something when they started putting up the, uh, the toes with the gangrene. He goes, essentially that's what it's like to be a punter in 2023. And it's a bit like it's, a, if you, get, you get the feeling that we are becoming more and more insular. So I, I'm want to get your opinions lads on, where the great game is at as a whole and as a punter, I'll kick off. If you were to give a ranking one, two, three, and four, and maybe give it five in regards to punters, trainers, owners, administrators, and jockeys, you can argue the top four, but for mine, punters are number five. Agree or disagree? Yeah, I'd agree. Add your thoughts in, Dino. Yeah, I'd agree. I think punters, it's probably just the natural cycle of it. I don't think a lot of participants in the game don't understand how much and where the dollar comes for in money. Obviously, the prize money boost is a lot to do with the, the mug punter or the recreational punter who's chiming to um, the betting accounts and all across the codes. And that money then gets filtered back through and that's increasing prize money, which then helps trainers, helps jockeys, helps everyone. And without the punter, there's no prize money. Uh, there's no increase in that. The sales don't increase because the prize money races don't increase. So I think it flows on. It often gets... Uh, forgotten and you can see that you look at the big announcement that coming out from both everywhere across Australia I can't remember the last time I saw a positive or a big announcement that was in regards to punters and helping them out it seems like it's the opposite it's uh, another um, dint 
percentages go up, uh, point of consumption tax go up, which then hurts the punter again. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting point. I feel like racing's the best it's ever been, which is why we're touching on and talking about it. But at the same time, I think you've got to be talking about it because if you're standing still, you're going backwards, Louis. So it's a lot to talk about, probably too long to go on in here, Gunno. But um, I agree with you. I think punters have forgotten a little bit, Louis. Louis, yeah. you've got a you got a lot of young mates over there in the eastern suburbs. They've all got plenty of coin. You're all cashed up. <laughs> what's the difference between <laughs> what's the difference between them spending a Saturday afternoon at the pub or watching Randwick get flogged by northern suburbs versus going to the track on a Saturday? You're around that you know those types in that area. Talk to me. What's stopping them from getting to the track on a regular basis or punting on horses on a regular basis? Yeah, I think I think they're two definitely different arguments. Track attendances and punting. Um, track attendances, I'll, I'll say that, you know, probably you can't rely off what happened back in the day in terms of how midweek races or, or whatever used to be so popular. The fact is we have such a good product on TV and online that, um, you know, you can you can have such an entertaining experience without having to go to track. In saying that, though, I think uh, New South Wales, especially, has done a great job in yes. being able to bring to those big days people to the track. I don't know if you guys have been to the Everest on track at Randwick. You can hardly move in the joint. It's swimming yep. with people, uh, whether it be entertainment uh, in different parts of the track, just little things like that. And there've been what I was going to say with the whole issue is that you, there's no correct answer for each little problem in racing you can't just rob peter to pay paul you know you people say uh how great it is that you know all this entertainment's on track and blah 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 but then there'll be someone else saying yeah but those people aren't there to watch the thoroughbred they're not really engaging in betting so it's all there's all positives and negatives for all of this kind of stuff and um thankfully there's people smarter than me and and paid (laughs) for that uh you know issued with figuring these problems out but it's a really it's a good conversation topic because I don't think there's 100% a right answer to any um, problem in it. In terms of the betting, you're right, Dino, that if you lose the punter, you lose so much of the product that is uh, racing. You don't race for X million dollars if the people putting can no longer afford to punt. So, yeah, I, I think you're right in saying that there has to be continual, uh, you know, continuous looking at these kind of issues. You can't just rest on your laurels and say, oh, it's going pretty well for the moment. We'll just sit around for a second and see what happens later. You've always got to be trying to figure out um, what's going on. But as I said, there's just, you'll find one positive and someone will come up with two negatives. It's it's a it's a tricky, tricky landscape to navigate. It is. I, I think, gents, to summarise that at the core, without the punting dollar, you don't have prize money increases. Without prize money increases, you don't have increases in ownership. And without increases in ownership, you don't have increases in horse sales, et cetera, et cetera, right? So at, at the very bottom, you need turnover. You need to increase turnover. And my gut feel is as an industry as a whole, punters aren't educated enough to win. Punters yeah. are so like just cut and paste mentality of, oh, you got your $100, you spend your $100, and if you lose it, you lose it. Like no education around, hey, if you've, if you've lost 22 of your 100 bucks, bank it for next week. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't have to keep going until you lose your $100. It doesn't have to be as recreational and fun as it can be a grind. It can be, any, that can be part of the fun. And I just don't think we're educating the punters enough. The betting percentages are horrible because of things like bonus bets, yada, yada, yada. The quicker we can get rid of those, the better because 
pun, your punting dollar is going to last longer because percentages go down. That's the debate. We could talk about this for days and go on about it for days, but we've we, we've seen the issues. We've seen uh, Racing uh, Victoria come out and and they try to create some initiatives to get some engagement. Let's talk about some uh, some scenarios, guys. I'll start with you, Louis. Some initiatives outside of what we've seen. We're not going to get jockeys getting instructors from coaches or trainers. It just won't happen. The first time a horse clips heels, that idea will be gone and everyone will be sued. Have you got an idea, an innovation for the game that's going to get younger people uh, coming to the game and betting turnover to increase, Louis? Anything, something, anything. Yeah, well, I'll start with if they give jockeys earpieces, I'll give the game away, feeding him. That, as you're right, innovation. Imagine Gano in your ear. Oh. <laughs> Just go harder. Roll to the front. Yeah, Why you is it not going faster? We're losing. Every, every race will be run very fast. Yes. And they'll be running 12, 12 above average. I, I don't know how this would be possible because a lot of the form tools are privately owned companies. Um, who aren't just going to give? They work hard to build that and 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 get that information. They're not just going to give that away for free. But it harks back to what you were saying before, Gano. I'd love to see um, the recreational putter enabled with better tools to help them find more winners. If you're going to play in markets that are quite high percentage wise, then you know you kind of need all the help that you can get not to burn through money so quickly. So yeah. I don't know what that what that looks like, how that works. Um, because as I said, you know, these good tools that are available to people, A, cost a lot of money to begin with, um, money which the recreational punter probably can't afford to spend on that. They'd rather use that elsewhere, cost of living, et cetera. Um, yeah, so... Lou, just on that as well, like, and you and we all use different tools there. So I use GTX, which is Dan O'Sullivan. Does a fantastic job with ratings. Dino um, is with ratings uh, to win. I think you, you do punting form a bit lower yourself as well. There are plenty of those tools out there. They're, they are a great advantage. And I think the biggest leap I took in my punting was implementing those tools. So whilst it's a upfront cost, the long-term benefit is so significant. Yeah, 100%. Um, and even even just simple tools like, you know, probably more correct, well, it's a hard, you know, no speed map is 100% correct really, is it? Because it's just a, it's just a, a, an opinion in the end of the day to at some degree. But um, even like just somewhat really strong speed maps to be able to give the punters, because sometimes you go on, um, whether you're looking at a speed map on a, on a WSP, if you're betting or whatever, they, they're just like, realistically, they're so completely wrong. Um, so so, so, something like that, something as small as that, like a really helpful in-depth in-depth speed map that can help um you know punters there on a saturday or a wednesday or a tuesday or whenever they're betting i will yep. say in terms of on track um i think that we should keep the emphasis on the star of the show which is the animal i think sometimes they can get a little bit um lost you know it's all good and well having five djs up in some stand and getting heaps of people there but you've got to remember that the reason we should be there is to watch the thoroughbred go around and, and do what they do on a, on a daily basis. So I know that um, team thoroughbred New South Wales do good stuff. They bring out the retired horses um, to the track. You can go and see them in the tie up stalls. You can learn about um, thoroughbred racing, blah, blah, stuff like that, I think is really crucial and should be more um, to help, you know, a, the image of the game. And I know people say, Oh, you shouldn't pander to people who, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think to a certain degree, you should, you should have that kind of stuff there to educate people more on the animal that we're all watching because 
just like if there's no putting, there's no racing. If there's no horse, there's no racing. So there's a lot of different kind of Correct. avenues that come into it. Dino, so we've got um, make the animal the uh, the star from Louis and and more information or better high quality information uh, for the punters. What what have you got for us, mate? Yeah, I'm passionate about this thing. I think that uh, the biggest thing we need to do as an industry, I think the game that we have right now is brilliant. I think it's getting it on eyes and getting the insights out there to probably the participants that aren't involved in the game. And instead of then trying to change it to please them, I think we should uh, involve them and create the insight into the inner sanctums. I think the perfect comparison to it um, is the F1 and is the NRL. So the F1... Um, they haven't changed their sport at all. The, the sport's the sport. And all the new fans that have come on board with F1 haven't been dictated to and they've changed the rules to suit them. All they've done is highlighted, which was the best point of the, their sport, is their participants, the drivers, the cars, the insights to the garages, uh, the owners, the um, engineers, and highlighted them and understood what it is. If you asked me two, three years ago what F1 was and behind this, I just thought they were cars racing around track. Now you know how much of a difference it is so i think that the game we have the participants the horses the trainers the jockeys uh elite and i think we need to highlight them more if we look at the nrl that's purely why a lot of people stay home and don't go to the nrl games is because the coverage we get on your fox sports on your channel nines elite you get a million different camera angles you can chat to the the coaches you can chat to the players um pre-game i don't like any of this stuff in the game i think state of origin does it with the coaches at half time i hate that or through the game i think that's awful oh. But the stories around it, um, and I think the biggest thing for us growing up, Gano, I didn't grow up in a horse racing family. So the first thing I saw about uh, horse racing was Sky and them running around. Behind that, you don't see what the strapper does. You don't see what it does to put a saddle on a horse, how to lead them out. They go to the sand roller, how they're training in the mornings. I think a series like that, highlighting what it is like, I think then more people fall in love with it. And it was only until I went to... Um, Everest day when Red Zero won her, uh, his second um, Everest was I got to see the mounting yard. I've never seen that before in my life. And I got to see the type stores and I fell in love with that side of it. I didn't really care about the, the betting side that day. I was just fascinated that this is how racing works. So I think highlighting yeah. uh, the industry and using it as a strength because the participants are strengths. If you give them the tools to um, advertise as such the game to everyone else, I think that's where we'll grow as an industry and bring more people in. It's pretty simple for mine. I think you boys are all over it. I think they are the answers. Educate the punter, educate the non-punter and educate the rest of the sporting the nation. And I say yeah. sporting nation because we are a nation full of sports fans. But soccer is the best example of any sport. And I, I, to be fair, I can't stand the sport. I play it, but I can't stand it. And I never, I never understood it. But they don't change rules. They haven't changed the game for 300 years. They introduced a VR, that's about it. Rugby league, they've changed every rule under the, every rule under the sun, and people have fallen off, right? So then they have consistency in a game like soccer. We need consistency in a game uh, like horse racing. I think your boys are on the money. I think if we can get an Adrian Bott and Gay Waterhouse and a Ma and Eustace and a Mitch Beer down at Albury and send a few cameras in there for six weeks and do a series it'll go right off in the lead up to the spring. Yeah. It doesn't have to be six of the best guys from Victoria, guys or girls from Victoria. Just pick a few people, yeah. get it out, show how much love there is for the horse, the star, and then go from there. What do you reckon, Lars? The racing, the racing has the best characters yes, in yeah. any sport I've ever oh, met. You, like ever been, you ever go to the pub and you're sitting around with guys <laughs> who've been in racing for, you know, 
30, 40 years. Some of the stories I had, I was literally, this happened to me yesterday. I was sitting around at the pub and these two guys who'd been in racing for a very, very long time were telling these stories. And they like, it is just the pinnacle of stuff you hear, how funny it is or how interesting it is. We need to showcase that. You have to showcase that. Yeah. Imagine we had a camera on. I love it, boys. Clayton Douglas and his... Yeah, maybe we had a camera leading up to the Everest last year. Yeah. Like him floating, it's the only good horse he has. Yeah. Like imagine watching that up. Like, oh, yeah, it's just, you uh, have to showcase that. Yeah, please. It's good. It's good. And there's enough money in the game to do it. So let's hope that they yeah. can make it a priority. Less less microphones, less whip chat, and less just more about making the game the game great again. Righto, lads. Let's go straight to the wing stakes. First group one of the season. And, well, we are back in a big way. Louis, have you got a market for us at all? Anything up and about with the Green Cafe? Yeah, stand by. Let me do a little quick refresh here. There wasn't when I was looking before. Nominations only came out, oh, what would it be, about an hour ago. But we do have an all-in market for the all-in show, Gano. You wouldn't read about it. Fangirl and Zaki, uh, a $4.50 equal favourites, and these odds are correct as of 12.30pm Monday. Lindemann at $8 with Moanga and Think It Over. Golden Mile, Hinged, Osipenko and Princess Grace $15. Always remember to gamble responsibly, of course, if you are having a bet this Saturday on the Wink Stakes. Let me kick it off. We'll go Randwick. I'll go first. Uh, Zaki this morning was announced on RSN and Annabelle Nation said that uh, Jamie Carl were riding Zaki so I'm very keen to go there we, some of us were lucky enough to jump in around the $8 mark <laughs> but I still think around the $4.50 mark uh, will be a sound bet come Saturday I think Zaki's the best horse in the race I think Think It Over comes off a 65 week break and you know you could potentially have a couple of wins in it um, in the spring but I don't think it's going to be first up here and that's about it for me Dino yeah, interesting race. Uh, first group one on the season. And a lot of horses, bar probably Golden Mile in the market, are first up. So a lot to play out. Trial perves would be up and about. Are the horses there to win or there to have a prep run? The other thing we have to note, fellas, overnight we had about 15 mils of rain here in Sydney. Louis, you probably have a better guide being there at Randwick. I think there's another five to 10 tomorrow. So it could potentially be on a soft five, soft six. I'd suggest with a uh, firm underbelly, we should be on a good four. Fangirl needs a good four. So I think if you're betting on her, you're just going to wait. You get similar price come the weekend, I'm guessing, um, and you're probably going to get confirmed a good track. But I'm with you, Gad. I think Zaki, confirmation this morning, one trial last week. Jamie Carr comes up for the ride. Elite first up stats, 10 starts for four wins, three seconds and a third. I think he's an out-and-out 14, 1,600 metres. Also, I think 2,000 metres he, is his ceiling. I don't think he gets past that, which we saw in the Brisbane winter. So I'm Keeney, Louis, uh, Zaki as well. Yeah, it's... Pretty hard to make um, any opposing views to that. Um, you're right, Zaki. Free course first up, trialing well. I was floating, think it over, until Dino pre-show reminded me first up off, which is not like it's not the worst thing in the world, but it, yeah. it maybe dents your, dents your confidence a little bit. You probably want to come see it come back and run really well before you could um, back it, especially at the price that it is. Um, if I had to float something else, I mean, Golden Mile, um, you can pretty much just forgive. It's You just have to look at it as if this is its first up run, to be fair. Um, otherwise, I mean, I'm excited to I'm see... You're getting Golden Mile, Louis. Uh, 
It was 15 bucks. Yeah, I think 15. Mm. Which is that's, that's not a bad play. I'm just not sure if it's going there, but if, if we can get yeah. some sort of confirmation on that. Yeah, I think it would I actually, there. when we did the weekend preview, I, I, I was against it first up, thinking 1,400 metres second up would be ideal. So mm. you could be on the money there. I'm excited to see a few horses back, attrition, communist, King Colorado, etc. That Whether they're winning chances here, I, I don't know, but it's, it's good to see how they will return. Yeah, look, basically 4.50 at this stage on Monday with rain overnight, some rain today, maybe rain tomorrow, and then pretty clear. You're just betting whether it's going to dry up or whether it's going to stay wet with which yep. way you go on the 4.50 equal a pair. But um, I will say that the winners of this race, including when Winks won it three times in a row, back when it was a group two, they've all been um, first up. So even though I said Golden Mile, you take it as a first up run, mm, maybe not. Uh, Animo, Malunga, and Very Elegant the past three winners. They're very, very good horses. So you'd want to hope if you're betting a Golden Mile or an Attrition or a Communist or a King Colorado that they're going to step to that kind of level. Um, whereas Zaki, as we know, is already at that level. So I think that would perhaps be a safer bet. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have much more to add, even though I just rambled on for 20 minutes about it. I just three uh, cherries, just three Zarkis. We like it. Very good. Uh, Dino, anything in the Silver Shadow Stakes or the uh, Show County for the punters? No, not just yes. Like Louis mentioned, there was no all in markets, which would be strange. I thought they might put them up. Uh, they might be up today after nominations go up, but nothing uh, too early. Estrella's obviously nommed and got scratched out of the rose, but it will go around in the Silver Shadow. Charmstones, dual nominated in Sydney and down there in the Gazette. Um, as well, 1,200 metres in Sydney, 1,100 metres down there at Caulfield, but um, nothing as yet up in Sydney for the Silver Shadow Gunner. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what price they put up Estrella. Um, obviously, that stable's a tough one because sometimes they can be there and then not be there next minute. So It's 4.50 think... with Tab. Oh, okay. Favourite, well, equal favourite with Platinum Jubilee. We need to get off this so I can get a bet on because I think yeah. Estrella will be winning that race. <laughs> Um, and 450 is good, and we are using my phone internet. And if I try to get on, I'll probably um, end the show, right? So that's good. There's a tip for me in the silver shadow, Australia. Dino, are you happy with that 450 price? Um, I'll wait and see. No firm opinion just yet. I want to do the race a bit more, but um, I'd suggest that's probably the way to go. Good stuff. And uh, I've got one for the punters out there. If you've got anything in the uh, Moiston Copper Show County quality, you might better bring it up, Louis. If there's any prices there, I think Corino is. is a great bet. Eleven dollars. Shows uh, extremely lucky. Three fifty. Buenos noches. Four fifty. Argentia. Eight dollars. Dragonstone. Colino. Lindemann. Osipenko. Princess Grace. You called it. Zugotcha. All eleven. Seafierce. It's our time. Militarize and rocketing by. Uh, Fifteen dollars. Gano. We should just quickly do the. Um, Course of action, imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au or call 1-800-858-858. Thank you, Lou. Um, Colino, yeah, it looks a really good bet around that $11 mark. I think the thing that probably need to note here is extremely lucky is a favourite, but there was mucus last week. I'm not yes. sure what that means this yeah. week. Good, uh, good. But I don't want to be taking $3.50 about that no. with, with absolutely no idea. So... Uh, I think it would be a fair bet just to have a, have a few bob each way, eleven and three dollars fifty, because I think you're going to get a decent return on Colino. It's a horse with a bit of upside here. I know it goes up to Group Three, but I just think it's got potential throughout the spring. Dino, 
Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Um, I like what you mentioned, they're extremely lucky. Uh, they messaged in on SEN this morning, one of the owners suggesting that that's why it come out on Saturday was mucus. So, yep, I would be avoiding that all in um, unless we hear word probably closer to Saturday that it's actually running because that's no good for the horse. If it was fresh and if it was no issue, I'd be absolutely, um, I'd be on board with extremely lucky. Uh, that price, Ramit Rail True, that just suits that horse down the ground. All right, let's head south. Let's go down to Melbourne, Caulfield. What do you got for us, Lou? Um, nothing. No markets, unfortunately. Unless we've got the vein stakes. So your cylinder comes back with Blake Shin aboard there. Um, do you know any thoughts on cylinder coming back as a three-year-old? Yeah, there's a couple of uh Trev Noonan obviously put out a couple of likely fields there on Twitter last night. A little bros, the blue diamond winners, uh, accept as a write-up. So there as well. 1,100 metres, Caulfield, both for the Vane and the Quisette. The Vane's obviously for the boys. Uh, Godolphin have an outstanding record in this race. They've won the race with Bivouac and the other one's crossed my mind. Um, trying to think of that horse. Exhilarates, maybe? I'm trying to think. There's two good Godolphin horses of Colts have won that race. Uh, Cylinders trials in Sydney have been superb, and I like the early booking of shit, and that just shows intent. We saw Pericles win first up the weekend. I'll harp on it about it, but they're the best stable ever first up. They're ready to win first up. So I'd suggest Cylinders going to be more forward than Little Bros, who's probably going to potentially be a 14 to 1,600-meter horse. I think Cylinders now, now 1,200 possibly. So I'd lean the way of him, Gano. I'm quite keen Cylinder there first up in the main stakes. Yeah, hopefully we get some sort of price there. Louis, any thoughts on Cylinder in the vein? Uh, no, but I I am a sucker for little bros uh, yes. from last season. So yes. I have to. Louis just I, melting over there listening to I us. <laughs> I have to I have to remain solid. Although I agree with Dino, I think um, better a bit later on into the prep. Yeah. Uh, who who else? There's a couple right. of others in that race. I am yeah. unstoppable, Lou. You know VC, you I saw the jump outs look to return. Yeah. VC's much. an interesting one. Brody Nixon, who works at Sky, he's been on the uh, show a few times. He has a big, big opinion of VC. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it'll be interesting to see how it comes out. Big horse, big, good, long stride on it. Yeah, uh, and I'd well, suggest I'm... off the jump outs, Lou, it's furnished. So I think it was a little bit yeah. like had that good frame as a two-year-old. Now yeah. you looked at its jump outs and you think, geez, that's a proper horse. So yeah. I agree. It, it was that one that has that good CV early, but probably mm. just wasn't a two-year-old. Mm. Mm. Yep, sure. Super stuff. All right, boys, the Quisette uh, stakes for the Phillies. Skirt the Law, Charmstone, Hell Queen, Sicilian, Tis Enough, Ullanova, Shrew Royal and Princess Del Hollow, all courtesies of uh, Trav Noonan's great work he's doing there on Twitter. Uh, so that's some super stuff. I'll, I'll kick off. I, I think I'm really keen. I won't be betting here, but I'm really keen to see how Skirt the Law comes back. Yeah. Yep. Um, Chriso Nelson, who does a little bit of work with us, Scano, he suggested it's trialled up really well up there in Queensland. Charmstone's the one that interests me. I had a massive opinion of her. I think she was favourite for the Blue Diamond prelude. Um, I think choked down, ran poorly, but her recent jump out was phenomenal. And we had um, Michael Kent Jr. on weekend preview of Stale Bull Mail Sorry, on Thursday on SEN, and he gave it a massive push for the spring. And I think the Price and Kent Jr. stable and the Maranusa stable are probably the two best stables when they give pushes for their horses they've come back. But, Louis, you like these two or three races as well, and especially down in Melbourne. Any opinion? Yeah. Look, it's taken on some horses who have proved themselves in a two-year-old campaign, but, gee, I thought Tis Enough was very, very good winning at the Valley. What did it beat? Don't know. I haven't looked at the overall times or any sectionals, but um, just off the eye, uh, the eye guys would have 
thought it was pretty good. It was almost four lengths. Um, so I'd be interested to see how it's going. It'll be fitter second up. It's clearly improved from its early preparation where it went down to Adelaide and um, a few other things. It was a pretty smart winner on debut at Sandown. So I think it, there's talent in there somewhere. At this level, well, you only know until you find out and try and have a go. So we'll, we'll see. But I, I thought it's pretty good. Pretty bomb-proof racing pattern up on speed. You know that it's easier to win from first than last. So we'll see what happens. Certainly is. Love that, Louis. Uh, and look, last race, we'll cover the PB Lawrence, which uh, Mr. Brightside, jeez, won everything. Everything put in front of it towards the end of the last preparation. It was fantastic to see the Hayes boys dominate there. You've got Buffalo River, Tuvalu, Attrition, Steinem, Uncle Bryn, Forgot You, and El Bog, Bog, Bodegon. Spit it out, son. Kick us off, Dino. What do you got? I've got nothing there. Yeah, Mr. Brightside, what I would say, jump outs wise, it's the most forward I've ever seen at the jump outs. He's probably not touted as a horse that jumps out. Oh, extremely like flush sliding setup. Uh, but his latest jump out was superb. So he's up nice and early, which tells me probably their target this prep, albeit probably be a Cox plate, but I think he's going to be peaking and for that uh, King Charles race. I think that might be the grand final and then maybe even a freshen and then set that up. So I think he's forward enough to win there. The big one for mine, if you've got any time punters, go back and look at Steinem's jump out. He jumped out like he's an Everest hopeful. He's got a leap first up record. If anyone's going to call him boil over, I'll be on Steinem to beat Mr. Brightside, whatever price we get. Yep, like that. I was also going to mention Steinem, who jumped out really well. And I'm a bit of a sucker for the horse. Um, I just I, While you were talking, I'm just doing some um, Googling. There's another, there was another horse who... Where it was in these cook colours that was a good stayer um, around Sydney and Melbourne a few years oh, ago. I know what you're talking about. Sure it trained in, it. I'm pretty sure it ran in a Melbourne Cup or Caulfield Cup or something. Like it got to a good level, but it was really consistent. But I was a sucker for it. I kept betting with my heart. And for some reason, I jumped on when it just didn't start winning anymore. And I just, you know, so I, and Steinem is almost becoming that horse for me, albeit it is a winner, Steinem. It's a good winner. But for some reason, I'm just never on when it is winning. I'm always on when it's not winning. So um, I've got to be. That's my punting goal for this spring carnival, but with my head, not my heart. Well, we know you're an emotional character, Lou. You're the number one uh, ticket holder for the Drew Hutchinson fan club. There's only one of you. Um, but uh, anyway, look, up you go. Right, lads, let's wrap it up. Let's go with the uh, the best all-in play. I'll kick off with my best all-in play. That is the Silver Shadow Stakes. I'm happy to back Estrella around the bottle of 50 mark. I think that's a great bet. Do you know? Yeah, mine's in the Bain Stakes uh, cylinder will be the horse that I'll be uh, suggesting is my best hauling player of the week. And Louis? Well, we, we chatted we chatted it up so much, so I may as well put it in there. I'll take one for the team. Loser Zaki in the week stakes. I like it. Beautiful. Love it, lads. Right, that was fantastic. Fields aren't quite out finalised. There's no markets up, so we won't get the midweek best bets. What we might do is we might put them up on the YouTube, on the socials. If you've got a solution to the great game of uh, racing, punting, owning, whatever you do, throw it in. Yeah, a yep. solution, an innovation, perhaps. I like that. Um, if you've got ideas about punting education, any ideas, any ways that we can help, reach out. Put your best bets in there. Give Dan a spray. Get it around Louie and the Drew Hutchison Foundation. And um, <laughs> <laughs> and for those who don't know, Drew's yeah, the Broncos. All right, it's been fun, boys. What's uh, what's on next week, Dino? What's the what's the uh, big race 
What's coming Good up? question. I'm pretty sure we've got the run to the Rose. Uh, we're, so we're back to Rose Hill. Run of the Rose, San Domenico in Sydney. And I'm guessing it's the Memsies. Louis, you would know down there in Melbourne. First group one of the season down there. And I think Alligator Blood's first up. So lots to touch on. That'll be a great show. Very keen. Very keen Alligator Blood. Looks like the horse is back. Right, now, lads. You, you want to you catch uh, some Lewis Willoughby? Head to STC, Sky, Thoroughbred, Central. Next get week. more of Dean Watling stuff, deanwatling.com. Righto, boys. Catch up.